is I'm trying to hit the hard ball and trying to deal with the hard ball coming mm. at me like a golf ball as against a soft ball. But, you know, you have enough time to hit the ball. I'm James Zug, and this is Outside the Glass. The spring, right in the middle of the pandemic, a wonderful new book came out. It's called Lucky, a portrait of a legendary squash champion, Anil Nair's story. Anil was born on the Grand Trunk Road in Punjab, 10 months before partition. As a one-year-old, he was taken to Bombay, now Mumbai, where he grew up. He first learned squash at the Cricket Club of India, where he was mentored by Yusuf Khan. In the spring of 1965, Anil became the first Indian to win the Drysdale Cup, what is now the boys under 19 draw at the British Junior Open. Therefore, he was the best junior in the world. Anil went on to win three national intercollegiates and two national singles titles. He wasn't done, though. He won the National Open Championship in Canada twice, Mexico once, and India eight times. He also has won seven U.S. Masters titles in various age group draws. In January, Anil and Jean took me and my father and Sam Howe to lunch at the Harvard Club of New York. And after lunch, we went upstairs to see the Harvard versus Stanford match. During the match, Richard Chin, the pro at the Harvard Club, took us into his pro shop and let us tape a short interview. I love what he says, that in life, you don't get to play two bounces. So enjoy, Anil Nair. Well, um, Spencer and I were having a rough time together. It was two all. If it was behind two love, then it got up two one, two all. Uh, it was the fifth game, and uh, well, just to set the scene a little bit, you had won the title two years in a row. Um, your first two years of eligibility, and your heavily, heavily favored to win the tournament yeah. this year. And in fact, I'd beaten Spencer at the uh, at the team championships uh, uh, at the, when we played when Penn, Penn about a month ago, a month and a half ago, and quite handily beaten. And uh, and when I, when Spencer and I met at the semifinals of the intercollegiates, it was uh, well, I kind of knew what he, how he played, and I, and I kind of knew that uh, I kind of knew that, you know, he'd had some coaching from, or would have gotten some coaching from Al Malloy at that time uh, to see how he could do better. But uh, uh, he, uh, he he surprised me. He surprised me by doing what I'm most uncomfortable at at, 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 at addressing and playing, is hitting the ball uh, medium height, semi-pace, not too hard, not too soft, deep, uh, where I wasn't able to kind of connect with the ball that easily. It was a little kind of, I had to adjust my timing. Mm. But anyway, he was up 2-1. And we, we, where, where is this match? Uh, this match was uh, Yale. At, Yale, at Yale. In Payne Whitney. In Payne Whitney, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so uh, so it was a struggle. The match was a struggle. From 2 from two love down, 2-1, two I caught up at 2 all, and, uh, and he was up... Uh, Fourteen twelve, I I believe, uh, and uh, uh, I hit a ball. Uh, I hit a side. I had to try to go for a three wall nick to the left wall. Uh, he uh, had covered the ball and he hit a. He went for a quick uh, side wall front wall. Only he could see the ball. Nobody else could see the ball. Because uh, he was sort of blocking. He was the blocking. View. He, he was blocking. 
Mm. Not only my view is he blocking the, spe- the referee's view and the spectator's. Right. So as soon as he hit the ball, I was nowhere near the ball. He wrong-footed me, as a matter of fact, and uh, and there was a huge up uh, clap clapping in the galleries. You know, saying that well, you know, Spencer won the match, right. and uh, they're all clapping, and I. Go out there, and I, well, I'm at, I said, Spencer, congratulations, etc. You reach out your hand. He got my hand, and he looks up at the gallery. He said, "Not so fast, not so fast. That ball was down." You know, so so everybody's surprised. That all the pen people were surprised. Uh, well, he, then it was fourteen. He was up fourteen twelve. I caught up to thirteen fourteen fourteen all, and and Spencer decided that he was going to play one point. He wasn't going to play the three point. Because he figured that you know he had a better chance of winning that one point than the three points, mm-hmm. and we had a kind of a you know kind of an exhausting rally, and he got me in a stage where, on the back right hand wall, where uh, the only shot I could hit was the three wall nick, and I said, oh my gosh, I said, well here we are, you know, again about to lose. I I got I got behind re- behind the ball on my forehand. And I went for three ball nick, and lo and behold, that three ball nick was a real nick. It kind of slid off the floor, and uh, and you know I won the match. I mean, but it was a, it was a stroke of it was a stroke of good fortune as far as Spencer as far as I was concerned, because Spencer really allowed me to win the match in a sense. And when I when I went after we shook hands, I told Spencer, I said, you know, they're going to remember this match more than they're going to remember me winning anything. And so this is how it's turned out, uh, that we we think of a Spencer, we know Spencer, Spencer's in the book uh, that's uh, about to be published where he's, he's right there in the front, that this is the gold standard of sportsmanship. This is how we should all behave, uh, to be able to kind of call it down when it's down, to be able to not pick up the two bounces in life, you know, to you know, and, and and to just kind of uh, just just be amazingly conscious of how we um, how we actually you know behave in life uh, and, and be true to ourselves. And if you ask Spencer this, I think Gene asked Spencer uh, a few months ago, and he said, "I would I didn't think of one moment that I made the wrong decision." Right. Could have been the biggest win of his career, Could have been the right? Best, yeah. Beating the national champion, yeah. huge yeah. upset, and he and he gave it back because yeah. it was the wrong way. Wrong thing. The wrong, the wrong thing. It was the wrong thing to do, and only he. Only he knew. That. Only he knew that. Which is nobody, ironic, right? Yeah. yeah, nobody knew it. And and Gene, you said after the match, he got in the car with his coach Al Malloy. To say. So that's that's right. right. He got in the car and he uh, Al turned to look at him. And he, the, the only thing he said to him was, that was the damnedest thing I have ever seen. And then he put the car in gear and drove off, and they never spoke about it again. So. It's so funny. Yeah. And this was, so. this was 50, 50 years ago. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and really, you know, I, rem- I mean, I've won a lot of championships, but I remember this, and I just remember that uh, this, what a beautiful thing he did. For us, mm. as people, and for himself, yeah. and uh, and uh, and so it'll it'll be in, it'll go down in history as, as just an outstanding, outstanding 
uh, true behavior on his part and, and should be in every sportsman's part. I mean, it's in everybody, everybody's part, really. Yeah, yeah well, it's one of these yeah, yeah. famous moments of um, of sportsmanship. Yeah. You know that that we feel is squash. It's a unique part of our game that we, yeah. you know, you have to do that because you're on the same side of the court yeah. with, with yeah. each other. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, it's amazing though. And this was uh, Dean and I. Had you know, several discussions on this and saying that, you know, the kind of, usually and mostly the kind of person who plays squash is very cognizant of how to work with the person on the same side of the court. And it's just amazing that we don't get the kind of issues of two bounces, the line, mm. you know, serving off the mm. line, uh, getting in the way purposely. Mm. It, I, I think that I think that uh, at the sport and the kind of people who play the sport, I think there's some, something to be said about the sportsman and the, and the squash. Yeah, it's a it's a validation of uh, that you know humans can be tremendously fair and nice to each other. Yeah, and actually, and and, and also uh, compete with each other. Right. So yeah. So. Well, you, I mean, you competed with Sam Howe. Uh, we just had lunch <laughs> with with Sam Howe, and you guys had some epic. Yeah. Matches, uh, including uh, it was, I think twelve all in the fifth and in the fifth game of the the finals of the uh, the national singles one year. Yeah, yeah. and then that was in uh, the, well, I think that was at the Penn Courts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was one of those seesaw things that uh, where uh, you know it was. Uh, it was actually just hard work and luck at the same time. I mean, right. I, I mean, I was down to love before, you know, before I uh, could say hello or whatever. It was like it was like so fast. The ball was cold. It was absolutely the right court for Sam to play in, uh, and uh, and it was a cold court. It was and, uh, and Sam is used to cold weather more than I am, and so you know it, the ball was kind of hanging out there and. Uh, and he would hit these amazing reverse corners and short shots, and, mm-hmm. and the ball is cold. You can't get to it. And uh, and after two love, and I think in about 10 minutes or 15 minutes, I go out and, and I look at Jack, and it's kind of a dejected way, and I say, okay, you know, this is it. You know, what am I going to do? And Jack, in, a, in his unique kind of uh, uh, experienced way, says, and is able to kind of dissect this whole thing in a very simple manner. It's a neatly, you know, I think you just have to kind of put some pace on the ball. Don't fiddle around. Hit the ball hard, you know. Uh, get Sam off his comfort level. And uh, push him, you know, push him so that he has to run, rush to make a shot as against his precision, so that his precision, precision shots are not so precision anymore. And so I did that, and uh, and I hit hard and hard and hard, and I just, you know, hitting hard and deep and hard and deep and cross courts and down the lines and... And we caught up till twelve all, and uh, and I and I and I think he may have lost a lens there. I'm not sure. Maybe mm. I'm mixing it up. Contra I think that lens. was. A, yeah. Did he lose it then? I I'm think not, you said he lost his contact yeah. lens. He lost. He he. I think it was twelve all or whatever. And then he lost his lens. So he he took a little while in looking for it. He it. did find the lens. He yeah. put it back on again. But again, you know, that was a diversion for him. It was a distraction. Uh, and I think, uh, well, I won 15, 12, or 15, 13 at that stage. It could have been that I would have won whether he lost the contact lens or not. It could have been that he would have won whether yeah. if, he, if he had not lost his contact lens. Mm-hmm. We never know. You never know. But 
that's how you know that's yeah. how these matches go. I saw Jack, and Jack was uh, you know I had his tweed jacket on, I was kind of looking around, uh, and I remember vividly. And then I, I said, well, you know, Mr. Barnaby, this I'm a Neil Nair, and I'd like to play squash. And uh, and Jack looked at me, and he said, okay, you know, I think he in, mentally decided that this guy is not on my list. You know, I have a list of players that I'm looking for, and he his name doesn't ring a bell. And this guy's from India, and I don't know what he's doing here anyway, but. You know, okay, come, come play at the heaven, but you know, come, come to the courts and go and hit some balls. Uh, so, I, and I knew that this was—he uh, didn't know that I was had played before. Uh, but you know, I did what he said. And I went to heaven with Jim. I played a few times, uh, and then the uh, the super there uh, tells Dinny Adams that, uh, but there's a guy out there in court six that can play some, hit the ball well. So Adams goes and looks at me and, you know, studies. I'm trying to hit the hard ball and trying to deal with the hard ball coming mm-hmm. at me like a golf ball as against a soft ball. But, you know, you have enough time to hit the ball. And this is the first uh, time you had ever played hard ball. Yeah, this is the first time. Yeah, yeah. So, so you didn't, so you, like, you weren't looking that good. <laughs> no, I was looking, but uh, I wasn't looking that good. But I think Vinny may have already made, in his experience, dice, you know, maybe he could be good. Yeah. Because, you know, when, I, when he gets to the ball, he whacks it and he whacks it in a controlled kind of way. So, so he, I think he goes to Jack and he says, "Jack, you know, I think we have somebody here that can play squash." And Jack perks up and Jack uh, leaves his office. And leaves come, his office. Comes over to court. Comes over and says, "Okay." And uh, so then, as soon as as soon as I we finish and I come back up again, Jack has this room like in a cubbyhole kind of office with a sofa there, and he normally sits at a wooden desk with a Harvard chair, and he says. Uh, you play squash? He said, yeah. I said, I, said, I played it. And so then he asked me about how much, what I'd played, how I'd won, uh, these, you know, the Indian National Championships and the and the Drysdale Cup and the juniors, Indian National Juniors. And he, it's, you know, he kind of like has this really excited look in his eyes. And he says, okay, you know, I, I, didn't, I wasn't able to, you know, roll the red carpet, but you're most welcome in this office any time. <laughs> so, so it was, it was, uh, Harvard is, can get less serious too, you know. Mm-hmm. You can play tricks on its own people, and, mm-hmm. and I think that Cutler, probably the admissions committee member officer who who shepherded my application through the admissions committee, uh, probably you know was wanted to play a joke on Jack, and I think they knew each other from a long time. So it was like, right. Okay. Well, and we figured out that that Eric Cutler, the admissions yeah. guy, actually was a squash player. Yeah. So he he you know knew Jack knew through that. squash, yeah. and yeah. he could appreciate. Wow, right. we're getting this yeah. amazing player. Yeah. Um, let's yeah. have let's have fun with yeah. Jack. Yeah. Yeah. But Jack was the kind of guy that would love that. That, that thought that that oh, was yeah. that was hilarious, yeah. and yeah. and yeah. you know he you left the office, and he probably caught up. <laughs> Cutler had a great laugh with him. No, and then I remember Cutler coming back. I had, the first time I saw Cutler was like about a month and a half later. I didn't, you know, I didn't know who he was, but I would, you know, he said, "I'm coming to the court." So a month and a half after school started, he was at the courts, and I, and I remember him kind of jumping over one of the hoofs in the gallery, and uh, and uh, and you know, we met, and, uh, and I said, "Well, you know, Mr. Cutler, you look very nice of you to kind of, you know." Considered my application and get you know shepherd my application mm. to the admissions committee, <clears throat> and I said well, Jack and I know know each other, and uh, so he said, well, it was a good joke on Jack, <laughs> so, so so they had that camaraderie. 
Yeah. Serious, serious stuff, but you know, was, kind of a, yeah. in a, in a sweet and comical kind of way. Yeah. yeah so. Well, and you you had a great relationship with Jack all those a, years, right? I, I mean, he really helped you uh, as a player and a, and, and a person. Yeah. No, I think that Jack. Uh, Jack. It, it's interesting you ask this question. Of, uh, I think it took us took us a while to understand each other. Uh, and this, and this, uh, this long, my first long trip in America, going from, uh, going from uh, Boston to Borden, in Jack's Beetle car with Denny Adams sitting in the front and the back seat freezing because the heating didn't work, and just hearing them talk for like six hours going to Borden and six hours coming back, helped me kind of understand both Denny and Jack to some extent. And I think it kind of took us a little while to understand each other, and and uh, and and we became uh, quite comfortable with each other right. in many ways. And, right. and and Jack, of course, uh, had uh, so many stories to offer that translated into experience and mm. how to how to try to how how I can remember these to work to work the ball to work the player, and uh, and just and just he 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 mm. helped me win championships. I think. Right, Jack did, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was. It was a beautiful innings with Jack. Beautiful innings. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about this a couple of years ago when you were inducted into the Hall of Fame. But um, one of the great things about your book uh, is that you bridged uh, two cultures, two yeah. two nations, two continents, um, and and back then America. The American squash scene was so different than what we see yeah, today, yeah, yeah. and and you were you know one of the few people from out of the country uh, playing uh, collegiate squash, playing uh, you know in in, in tournaments, yeah. um, and uh, and so you 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 know you were sort of a uh, a pioneer uh, of sorts, you know, looking back on it. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know. It it didn't seem like I was a pioneer when I was doing right, it. Right. It's like I was doing it, and I knew that, uh, and I and I knew I wanted to be really good at squash. Uh, uh, and I went through the motions. And I went through the motions uh, of being and getting better and and, and better and, and winning championships. But I didn't think of myself as a pioneer at that time. And <coughs> excuse me. Well, you were young. Yeah, right? I was young. I mean, I, huh. I didn't know, and, and and I didn't know, you know, that unwittingly I'd kind of opened this faucet of players coming from all over the world. Soon, you know, five or seven years later, you know, so many came from India, Egypt, Pakistan, Europe, uh, uh, that or Africa, South South America, and and so, but in retrospect, I guess, uh, and I think that Gene helped me figure this out that I actually. May, it could have happened whether I was there or not. Right. Globalization was going to take place yes. whether I was there. It didn't, didn't right. depend on one person. Yeah. But it so happened that I actually did help in spa, start this process right. of foreign young girls and boys uh, coming to the States, uh, getting you know high-level education in the States, mm. uh, becoming... People of the world, really. Right. Becoming, you know, moving their, moving from their limited focus into seeing how you can absorb the rest of the world. Yeah. Well, and not only that, yeah. but uh, Gene so beautifully does this about interviewing your classmates and teammates and yeah. roommates, who you opened up their world. 
Yes, it is. I mean, it was it was a it was a beautiful time in that. But we never, none of us realized until thirty or forty years later that we actually did this. We're just doing this and enjoying it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. No, it was uh, the the and I, and I really this last couple of weeks I've been thinking about how I opened up their world. Now I'm thinking that well, you know, uh, you know would. Tom were comfortably go to in, to go to Bombay and travel India mm. in the, in, the, in you know last Christmas, if he hadn't known a little bit about India through me right. in the nineteen sixties, seventeen, and eighties. I don't know whether he would have. Well, been. and what happens today yeah. all the time is what actually it's amazing what happened. I didn't know this, but you know, two of your teammates go to India with you for the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what happens now. That kind of you know yeah. travel and, and yeah. those deep yeah. friendships. Yeah. Um, you know that that, so, that you and Larry and, and Rick did yeah, uh, was, fifty uh, years ago, and so there was a there was a lot of there was a lot of interest. Uh, you know, India was kind of like this big place in many ways, uh, but there was interest. There was uh, there was an, an, an inquisitiveness. Uh, mm. Well, the Beatles the, and and, the Beatles and you know, and the, there yeah, was, India was, was suddenly yeah. a, a hot a, thing. Yeah, and, and you were a hot guy from from the hot country. Don't know, <laughs> I don't know, but. No, I mean, there were times when people asked me about, uh, you know, well, you know, do you, how do you go to school or how did you go to school? And I made a joke about, well, I go on an elephant. And I, I don't go to the elephant. There were no elephants in Bombay at that time. But there uh, were cows. There, there are cows. There's still cows, but you don't go to go to, go to school on a cow. Cow. Yeah. School. Okay. No, I don't. It might be blasphemy. At the, so <laughs> you can't write on a cow. But, but so no. So you're right. I think that they've. And even if there wasn't a direct kind of interchange like I had with Larry Terrell or Rick Stern, or you know, going together, I think it may <coughs> have left, uh, and I hope it has and did leave a really good feeling about India. Mm. Uh, and uh, and on the flip side, that when I went back to India, I hope I took with me and imparted mm. a really good feeling of the USA. Mm. Uh, and. Uh, and I think I, I believe I did both. I yeah. Did, I did a, yeah. And I feel very happy to have done, having done that. That, uh, uh, but this is not what I you know went to school for. But this is what. But this was like a huge major byproduct. Yeah. Of what happened? Right. Other than going getting education. Yeah. So, well, as, I mean, you've you since graduation, you lived in the states and in India. You know, you've yeah, been back and forth yeah. and and lived for a long time. You know, both countries and um, you know today we have. Uh, a lot of people like that living these sort of global yeah, yeah, lives, yeah, yeah. but you were, you were doing that it, it, in, yeah. in an earlier era, yeah, yeah. and, and winning fun. winning all these titles in India. Yeah. I mean, it you, was you fun. know, it yeah. wasn't just it yeah. wasn't just yeah. America. Yeah, it was India too. It was it was, it's been a fun journey. It's been a fun, very fun journey, and uh, yeah. and I take away a lot of positives from both India and America, the USA, and I, and I say, look, you know, I think I, that I can, you know, that I'm really. I belong to both countries, you know. Uh, the emotions that attach attract me to India and to America, right. and so uh, I tell Jean, my wife, I said, you know, you, I'm American and Indian, so and I love to be both. So you know, I, I can't say more. So, you know, so it's it's been a good it's been a good journey. Yeah, yeah. so far. Outside the Glass would like to thank our producer, Grant Irving, and all our loyal listeners who have reviewed and rated the podcast, shared their enthusiasm for it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and more importantly, have spread the word by talking about Outside the Glass with their squash friends. And may all your nicks roll.